Hello and welcome to another episode of our podcast from the Blue Earth Summit, a movement and community driving positive action for our natural world. In this series, we'll bring you some of the highlight talks and conversations from our first summit in Bristol in October 2021. In this episode, what's the ROI of adventure? For most people, rowing across the Pacific Ocean sounds impossible, and rowing from San Francisco to Hawaii with 2,700 miles in between sounds even worse. Head of marketing at Blue Earth Summit partner FlexiHex, Bella Collins, alongside three other female rowers, tackled this challenge with full force. With a persistent mentality, Bella insists on pursuing her goals, whilst her triumphant effort, which included an abundance of both physical and mentally taxing activities, meant that she and her team were able to raise an outstanding figure, there was certainly a deeper meaning behind their actions. Through her adventures, Bella gained many valuable things. She developed skills imperative for growth from a personal and business perspective. Putting your best foot forward one step at a time places you in the perfect place to progress in the professional landscape. So let's dive straight in. Hi everyone, um, I'm here today to talk about uh, my adventures. Thank you very much for introducing me. Um, I recently rode across the Pacific from San Francisco to Hawaii, but I'm also the head of marketing at a startup called FlexiHex. Um, and I'm here just to talk about how adventure can benefit you on a personal level, but also how businesses can benefit from that too. But I think where my story is unique is the fact that I'm not a full-time adventurer. I, I love a challenge, I love being at sea, but I also love being in an office. I adore the nine to five. I love getting my head in a spreadsheet and data is data's queen. Um, my brothers actually once nicknamed me Lisa Simpson because I can be such a nerd. And I think it's quite unique, the fact that you can be both an adventurer and enjoy business. And I hope that that's sort of why I've been asked to talk today is to inspire people that you can do both. Just to take you back to the start of my journey, I actually rode across the Atlantic um, in, when I was 22, so 2015 into 2016. Um, from there, I actually went out and lived in California for four years. I was working for a luxury travel company and they needed me to head up the, the team out there. And it was in early 2020 that I decided, you know, needed to move on, wanted to put some roots, roots down here in the UK. Uh, I also wanted to take on another ocean. So I quit my job, decided to move back to England and signed up to row uh, from San Francisco to Hawaii with uh, Ocean Zeros. Annoyingly, COVID hit at the same time. I uh, ended up living at home with my parents at the age of 28, unemployed. So there I was, I was sitting at home, uh, locked down, trying to decide where in the UK I wanted to live, what I wanted to do with my life, uh, doing lots of things I'm sure many other people in this room are doing in lockdown as well. And um, in my time in California, I sort of really embraced this work-life balance. I, I was starting to learn to surf. I enjoyed the fact that Californians, they really embraced their outdoor lifestyle. And I wanted to find somewhere in the UK that I could do that as well. Uh, I'd only been to Cornwall once, but I'd heard good things. And so I decided to put on some, uh, some sort of LinkedIn ads, uh, LinkedIn sort of notifications, uh, and uh, started my search there. I wanted to you know, continue learning to surf. I've been told I should give up by now. I'm not very good at it. You'll find that out on the wave tomorrow. But I also wanted to find somewhere that I could paddleboard and swim and just really, really embrace, embrace that outdoor lifestyle. And that's where I came across FlexiHex, this company that was stripping plastic from the packaging industry. Um, but not only that, they were sort of had this work-life vision where you could embrace the outdoors, where you know, life isn't just about work, where you should get outside and um, just, just enjoy that. So 
I harassed them a little bit. I uh, sent them presentations before I'd even been asked to. Uh, and I managed to get myself to a second interview. And it was in that interview that I said to Sam and Will, the founders, so if I do get this job, can I have three months off next year because I'm going to row across the Pacific? And to my absolute amazement, they said yes. So there I was. I uh, joined FlexiHex, and uh, they let me have three months off. But one of the first questions Will and Sam, the founders, asked me was, well, what does it take to row across an ocean? You know, what, what, is, what, is it, what do you have to do to get to that start line, and, and how can we support you? So I just wanted to take you sort of through what it actually takes for an ocean. It's more than just 35 days or 50 days at sea. You have to find a team that you actually want to row with. I mean, you are stuck on a tiny boat with three other women for 30 to 50 days, and it's pretty hard to find like-minded people that want to do that with you. You have to come up with a brand. You need to come up with a color, a colorway, a, a website. You've got to build up social media channels. You've got to come up with a vision. You know, what, what's your brand about? We, we actually work with a sustainability officer, and we put ours into three pillars, so people, planet, and positivity. So we wanted to work with a community that cared. We wanted an audience that sort of really got behind us and championed us. But also we wanted to work with brands and sponsors that had the same vision as us. We wanted to take people on a sustainability journey. I was just on, on my own journey and in my personal life, sort of looking at my choices. What can I do that's going to make a difference? But also within our campaign, you know, ocean rowing is quite a new sport, and nobody's really tackled it, it from a sustainability point of view. So what decisions were we going to make, and where were we able to make sustainable choices within that campaign? And finally, positivity. We were a very positive-minded team, and we just believe that with a positive mindset, you can make more ethical choices, and that you can change the way you generally think about life. So we're really, really trying to inspire change through that. You also have to pick a charity as well, and that's a big thing. You've got to find a charity that's aligned with, with your vision. So we called, uh, chose one called the Seabin Project, which are uh, trying to remove plastics from the ocean. You have to spend a lot of time in the water, as I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, you've got to, get un, get, got to understand your boat, how it works, how you sort of walk around it and row with it. And COVID threw a couple of hurdles on, on that one, because every time we put a training in the, week, in the diary, we were in another lockdown. So this was actually us on Christmas Eve last year. We weren't you know, eating turkey and drinking sort of lovely uh, Christmassy drinks, but uh, we're actually just training on the river Crouch in Essex, which if anybody knows Essex, it's not the nicest river. Every time we've tried to go training, we actually got uh, really bad weather. We had such bad luck with weather. There was always wind or rain, and that meant that we couldn't launch the boat. Lily got COVID one weekend, so it was a constant, constant battle just trying to get on the water. And in fact, one time, we even had the beast from the east and ended up training in the middle of the field in, uh, in the snow. But, you know, we took the opportunity to take some good photos, and uh, they always make us giggle when we look back at them. We had to spend a lot of time on the oars. So this was also, you know, thrown another hurdle, hurdle at us by COVID because all of the gyms closed. So I had to get a, a rowing machine from a local gig club down in Cornwall. I pushed my bed to the side and squeezed in my rowing machine. I could literally roll out of bed and onto my rowing machine. Uh, it was tough. Uh, the reality of it is it's not that pretty. Uh, you know, <laughs> there I was sweating after work. But the lesson that I got from this is this time last year, I couldn't row for 10 minutes on a rowing machine. I'm not joking. I was so unhealthy and unfit. But with a bit of perseverance, you know, just clocking away every single day, I actually ended up rowing a marathon in March, um, just before we left for the row this year, which took me three and a half hours nonstop on a rowing machine. 
So I think this just motivates if anyone's thinking of you know, trying to do a marathon, a half marathon, just get started, because there's an incredible way you can go from just five minutes to you know, three and a half hours in, three, in six months. Beyond that, we had to do a lot of training in the classrooms from navigation, Hawaii's a tiny island, you don't want to miss it. Uh, understanding how ship lights work and making sure you're not going to get run over in the middle of the night to our water maker. How does your, you know, we are completely self-sufficient on that boat. So where are you going to get your water from? If your water maker breaks, how are you going to fix it? Uh, similarly with electricity as well. One of my favorite courses was uh, sea survival. As you can tell, I love being in the water. And this was one of my favorite sessions, a weekend jumping in and out of a life raft. You have a huge packing list. You know, you're going across an ocean, you've got to take absolutely everything with you, from communication systems and iPods and earphones to navigation systems, spare parts. Sea salt gets into everything, and it will break everything if it can. So you've got spares for, for all sorts of things. You've got clothing. Uh, leaving San Francisco, it's really cold. You know, so cold, my feet burned at the beginning. And by the end, you're not wearing anything, if I'm being quite honest. So you've got to source all these different layers and different clothing. Um, the, list, the list is endless. And you've got to get all of that onto your boat and ready to be shipped to the start line. And you're trying to do that in the time of a pandemic as well, when delays were happening, people you know, weren't being able to um, source things. It was, it was really tough. And all of that costs money. Our entire campaign cost over £150,000. Uh, and I can tell you in a Cornish salary, I'm not paying for that myself. So we had to go out, we had to source financial um, sponsors, but we also had to find product sponsors as well. So we wanted to find companies that were aligned with what we were doing, that they had the same vision to do better and be more sustainable. We we're amazing. We got Finisterre on board. We got Dame, who do sustainable period products. When women, we still had periods at sea, so we had to get some sustainable period products. My Pura wet wipes, and we tested them out that they're going to biodegrade in the salt in the salt water. So you know, we had to go around. We had found all these companies, and we wanted to build a community with them. And we actually ran some Instagram lives every single week, which people loved during lockdown. And we're talking to all these brands and getting them all sort of to collaborate. You have to work on your team. We were four really strong-minded women, and we could have all been leaders in that boat. And it's quite hard when you have a team of four leaders. So we had to work on our team dynamics, who, who reacts under which situations. You really lose your cognitive functions when you're out, and out at sea, you're really sleep deprived. So who's going to take a leadership in what situation? Um, what are you going to do when somebody's down? When Mary's down, you've got to take the piss of her. If P's down, you've got to just mother and her in love. And all of these things you've got to understand before you've even sort of stepped on that boat. We were really lucky, actually. We had a woman called Laura Penhall who rode across the Pacific just a couple of years before us. And she did some amazing training sessions with us. And it just shows the value in sharing knowledge and helping other people out. It's not, it's not a competition. It's sort of, we're all in this trying to do the same thing. We had to get into America. And I'm sure, as many of you know, uh, who have read the news recently, uh, people from Europe are only just being allowed into America next month. So we had to think about different routes to get in. Originally, we were going to go and find Mexico, then we were going to you know, tow the boats up to San Francisco, and then COVID in, South San Francisco, so COVID in Mexico spiked. It went out the roof. We couldn't risk getting COVID before the start line. So we had to come up with another route. We had to go into Antigua, which many people were like, boo-hoo, poor you. But it was, really, it was really frustrating for us because I had to leave my job earlier than I thought I had to. I had to do a quick handover. Uh, P, she's got two children. She had to say goodbye to her kids you know, for a longer period of time than she already wanted to do. This is actually us in Antigua uh, before we managed to get into America, um, scurrying away at doing admin. 
shipping. I hands up to anybody who works in supply chain at the moment because that was an absolute nightmare. I had sleepless nights. Our boat got stuck in customs for over a month. And just trying to work with Americans is, uh, well, anybody in Americans in customs was bloody difficult. So um, that was really tough. And I learned a lot about it. And um, I never want to do it again. The boat actually arrived into the marina the day before we got into America. All of that work took about a year, 18 months. And I was doing all of that at the same time as trying to work for FlexiHex, this incredible startup. I owed them you know, every bit of energy to give them the marketing foundations that they needed to be a successful business. But we did it. And somehow we absolutely smashed it. We did it in 35 days. The women's world record before that was 50 days. And the men's world record before that was 39 days. Um, unfortunately, my brother, who was also in the race, simultaneously beat the men's record and took that away from me. But, you know, we still smashed it, and I'll let him take that record. But, um, you know, we had some really tough times. We had to dig deep. We never had the weather on our side. We kept being promised these easterly winds were going to push us towards Hawaii, and uh, they never arrived. So I actually did have to row across that ocean. I wasn't blown across. Um, but, you know, it's just to show if you, you take one step forward, no matter what hurdles are thrown at you, you, you can do it. Um, I did want to go, you know, I'd love to go more into the row and what we experienced, but that's not why I'm here today. The reason that I'm here and why I've been asked to talk is to talk about how FlexiHex benefited from it and how FlexiHex didn't just benefit from it. They fully embraced our campaign and our story. Um, they ran something called the 270 Challenge. This is where teams of four could sort of submit into the challenge. They had to complete 270 miles as a team and raised 270 pounds for our charity. And we managed to get something like 20 teams across 12 different businesses to all compete in this. And we have various um, prizes from who did it the most adventurously, who raised the most amount of money, who did it the quickest. You know, we really tried to make it a fun challenge. And they did it so that they were, you know, to show their support for my campaign, but also to raise uh, awareness of the plastic problem, educate people on what they can do uh, to make a difference, and ultimately to celebrate the great outdoors, just encourage people to go out and explore. But, you know, I think it was really important for our team, especially, to run a challenge like this and, and to get behind us, because we're a really young team. We're a startup. We're growing rapidly. We're employing all the time. And the 270 Challenge encouraged the team to get out, to think, think outside the box about how are we going to get out in Cornwall and explore and have some fun together. So they got local and national PR coverage, which is brilliant. We're, again, we're a startup. To get national PR coverage when you're just a startup is is amazing. And it wasn't for, actually for the product. It was to be seen living and breathing what they preach. FlexiHex don't just say that they, they support their staff and celebrate the great outdoors. They actually do it. And, and they showed that by supporting me and my campaign. They pushed out a lot of content. So beyond just the 270 challenge, they ran a campaign called Tag a Mate and Will Donate. And for every single engagement that uh, they had on Instagram, they would uh, donate a pound to our charity, The Seabin Project, and they managed to get to 500 pounds. So thank you, FlexiHex, for that donation. But what did I gain from it as well? I know I gained a huge amount of trust and respect for Will and Sam, uh, the founders of FlexiHex. What they did and, supported, and the way they supported me, you know, my loyalty to that company is out this roof. I'll forever be in their debt for, for their support. It taught me marketing skills. I had to, as I mentioned earlier, I had to come up with a brand new you know, brand, um, build an audience to implement the things I was learning in FlexiHex within that, but also vice versa within my campaign, bringing that back into the business. I made contacts within the industry. We had 
all these different brands and sponsors supporting us. And I've now got Alec from Dame, you know, advising me when I need the advice. Or uh, Amanda from Ipura, who used to work for a corporate company, now she works for a startup. She's got great advice. So there's connections, and it's what we're all doing here today, that networking. It's building a community where we can all support each other and, and create change. But most importantly, it helped my confidence, my self-esteem. Even though I rode across the Atlantic once before, I really, really struggled with this pedestal that everybody put me on. And I've struggled with confidence throughout my entire life, if I'm being honest. And what this campaign has done is shown that I am capable of it, that if you do put just one foot forward at a time, and if you've got a community of people around you, it's absolutely amazing what you can achieve. So that is my story. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without Flexi Hex. They're words of encouragement throughout, throughout my campaign. Their curiosity, they picked me up when I was down when I thought I couldn't do it anymore. Their support has like, made it possible for me to achieve something like this. So a massive thank you to them. And uh, thank you to the Blue Earth Summit for even having me on stage. This is the first talk I've ever done. So thank you all for listening and uh, appreciate it. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that inspiring talk and gained some proper actionable insight. Please look out for the next episode. And if you haven't signed up for the film versions, please visit the Blue Earth website at blueearthsummit.com. Blue Earth Summit is happening from the 11th to the 13th of October 2022 in the great city of Bristol. We believe in the power of the outdoors to improve our health and further establish purpose-led business. Register your interest at blueearthsummit.com.